Well, as we're uh, starting up reading through the New Testament, it was really fun reading through the whole Bible. And uh, the, the problem is once we got to the New Testament, it just went through it so fast. So we're going to try and read through the New Testament just a bit slower and then also uh, look at a few more passages that we from the reading that we look at that week. And, and so this last week we started up and we're reading through the beginning of uh, the Gospels. And so I picked this passage from, uh, it's one of the main places of Jesus's teaching. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I just sort of uh, picked this one. I, I, I actually kind of just picked it because it was, I thought it'd be nice to look at something that says, do not worry. <laughs> I, I thought I could use that. But, but then as I started looking at the do not worry, I realized oh, those two things were uh, linked so I got a little bit convicted on the treasures part, but I was hoping to get to the do not worry part. But the, the conviction is good because it's, God's not uh, telling us something about, you know, the, the way we're storing up treasures on earth. He's not saying it in, in a way to just sort of judge us. He, he's really bringing it up because it's part of the problem as to why it is we're just so stressed out all the time. And so it's actually a good thing if we feel some conviction. And after I, I felt that this week, it, it did sort of release some of that tension and that worry to just sort of let go of that. But uh, let, let's take a look at that passage. And uh, it Jesus says in verse 19, uh, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, that word treasure, it, it's actually the same exact word as the word store up. He gives sort of a wordplay where he says the, the noun and the verb. And so what he's actually saying is something like, uh, you know, do not stockpile what you stockpile. <laughs> you know, do not, you know, stockpiling stockpiles is what he's kind of saying. And the inferences is oftentimes we think, well, if we're stockpiling something, it's like, because that's what we treasure. But, but the problem is when we just, so, so that's a good translation treasure. But sometimes we look at that and we just think, well, I don't have any treasure. I don't have any money or I don't have any wealth. This doesn't have anything to do with me, but, but it's not really talking about whatever ideas we might have of in terms of wealth or money or that type of thing or being rich or something. He's talking about a concept, the noun and the verb. In other words, it's the idea of here's something that we just all do. It's sort of ingrained in us. And he's been sharing in this Sermon on the Mount the difference between a life where we're trying to make good happen by doing the right thing being good, you know, and, and that way of looking at life. And that way of looking at life inherently starts up this process where we think it's good to start stockpiling stockpiles. <laughs> but he says, if we see that everything that God has given us as a gift, and that we can have that a relationship with God based on forgiveness that isn't based on our works or on us doing the right thing, then that changes, it changes the way we look at things. And so one of the things that he's bringing up in terms of this other way of thinking is that we all sort of have inherently in us this sort of 
part of us where we just think it's good to just stockpile stockpiles. And so we all do this. It's not something that that the, these people do and we don't have to worry about it. It's something that's applicable to all of us. We all stockpile stockpiles. Whatever our stockpile might be, we've got a stockpile of something and we stockpile stockpiles is what he's saying. And, and he says the problem is, is that we're stockpiling stockpiles on earth. And there's a problem with that <laughs> because on earth here in this life, he says moths, and, and my version says vermin destroy yours may say moth and rust the reason i mean what's the difference between rust and vermin there's a huge difference but the thing that's that's constant here is that the word is actually just eaten and so if people think of what the stockpile is if it's a bunch of coins then some people have translated it maybe rust destroys the coins or if you think of all people used to stockpile grain or something like that then you might translate it as vermin or a mouse comes in and eats it all but it's just the idea that he's getting at that destroy or the word is disappear it's a singular so it's not just saying the idea isn't to talk about all the different ways that it disappears it's just singular to talk about look the problem with stockpiling stockpiles here on earth is that it starts to get eaten it starts to disappear and even something as small as a moth can derail all of our stockpiling and then he says and besides that it says uh thieves break in and steal that's another word play of using a noun or verb. he says robbers rob you know, we have this virtue that we think of when we think of we're stockpiling stockpiles, but what we, and he's not telling us something that we don't know. We know that thing, it gets eaten, it gets threatened, that, that robbers rob, that, that people come in and just start taking our stuff, and moths come in and take our stuff, and mice come in and take our stuff, and, and rust comes in and takes our stuff. We know all that. He's not telling us that. He's just bringing out that here's the problem when we're stockpiling stuff on earth is we always have to be concerned about minimizing losses. And whatever it might be that we're stockpiling, it forces us, if we're going to stockpile, one of the things that we have to deal with is how to sort of mitigate loss how to sort of prevent loss, how to try and, and not see it wasted. If we want to stockpile stockpiles, it's not even so much in the increase. It's not even that we're trying. It's just we've got more stuff, and, and there's this concept that he's getting at that we have to deal with, that we have to sort of do things or we think in a certain way so that we're minimizing the waste. We don't want to see it wasted. We don't want to see it robbed. We don't want to see it eaten. We know there's a certain amount of loss that's going to happen, but, but we're forced to think through how to sort of minimize our losses of our stockpile, whatever it is we're stockpiling. But Jesus says, but, he says, stockpile stockpiles for yourself in heaven, where neither moth or vermin, or it's not eaten, it's not destroyed, where robbers don't rob and break in and, and steal. And he says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what he's saying is, is that when we're stockpiling stuff, when we're thinking about it, and, and, and then he says, 
you know, later he says no one can serve two masters. What he's getting at, and we'll get to that in a second, is that we think it's a good thing. We think that we need to kind of save up this stuff, and we kind of got to minimize losses. And there's that way of thinking. And he says we start putting trust in that. We, we start setting our heart on that. But he says what we should do is instead of that process of mitigating loss and of the stockpiling of the things that can be lost here on earth, we should be thinking about what's going on in heaven and the things that God has promised us we will never lose even if we die. And that could be friendships, but, but he's not just talking about relationships and friendships. I mean, the fact is the only thing we bring up to heaven with us is the relationships and, and we form them here on earth, but his promises, they'll last forever. But I think what he's really getting at here is think about the things in a way that frees us from this idea of trying to mitigate loss all the time or trying to keep things from getting eaten up all the time or robbers from robbing all the time. Let's think about things that it doesn't matter <laughs> if we are. Uh, like Karen was telling me that they, they had a bunch of cooking oil and they had bought a bunch of cooking oil to give out to people and they were giving it all, but people were coming around the park, the backside and robbing the cooking oil. And take, well, they weren't robbing it because it was for them. They could have come around the front and got the, God gave money to be able to buy cooking oil to give to them. But if you think about it in a heavenly terms, there is no robbers robbing. <laughs> but if we're trying to mitigate loss and trying to like, well, we got to try and keep this, then that becomes a problem. But if you're thinking in terms of heaven, it's not a problem. I mean, they just delivered it themselves. It, it sort of freed us from having to think of how to get it into their hands type thing. That's maybe one example, maybe a dumb example, but, but what he's saying is, is there's another way to look at things that doesn't include this sort of, I need to prevent loss. I need to keep things from being wasted because once we start thinking down that road, he says it changes the way we look at anything. And, and that's what he gets at. He says the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great that darkness is. He says, once we start getting in this mode of thinking that there's something virtuous or good about sort of stockpiling whatever it is we've been given by God, our stockpile, once we start doing that, we start trying to having to deal with mitigating loss, trying to prevent loss, trying to keep it from getting eaten so fast or keeping robbers from robbing. And we start trying to sort of trying to make sure it doesn't get wasted or spent or, or lost. We slow that process down and we kind of think that that's good. But then that affects everything the way we look at things. And the reason why that's important is because the way that it affects things in our view of the world around us, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other or be devoted one and despise the other. And that word despise is looked down on. You cannot serve both God and money. And what he means by God, everything about God. And he's just said everything about heaven. And what happens is, is 
here's the gospel message that every good thing that we have is not a result of us saving. It's not a result of us trying to not waste. It's not a result of our good works. It's not a result of us disciplining ourselves. It's not a, it's a result of God's gift, his abundant gift to us that we don't deserve, that he's just giving to us because he loves us. And he actually has reason, justice would tell God that he can't give it because it wouldn't be just for him to give it because we don't deserve it. But he sent his son to die on the cross to take that burden off so that he's free to just give graciously and abundantly with, without any reason to hold back. That's the gospel. But when we're looking at things and we're stockpiling stockpiles and trying to prevent loss and trying to think of things in that way, he says you start looking down on that message of the gospel. You start looking down on that hope that God is going to make things eternal. You start looking down on all the things that have to do with heaven. We start looking down on God himself, and we start devaluing the people around us, the people that God has put into our life. And, and sure, there's tons of problems with the people that we've, God's put into our life, but his promise to us is, is that if we believe in him, if we see that we need forgiveness for our sins, and if we see that we can have that forgiveness through Jesus, and we put our faith in that forgiveness, the promise is that what he's given, not, not the money, this and that, that type of stockpiling, but the stockpiling of all the friends and family around us, that the hope is will last forever. But we start to despise that. And so he says, here's the problem. We get ourselves into this, when God gives us stuff, we, we don't think of it as a gift. That's one problem. But even when we see it as a gift, and we know for a fact this is a gift, we still continue with that way of thinking that starts with the assumption that it wasn't a gift, which is to stockpile stockpiles and to just sort of prevent losses. We still continue in that frame of mind. That's why we looked at last week. Paul says, if we want to enjoy what it is that God has given us, we need to have this transformation in our mind. And this is the transformation that Jesus is talking about. He says, stop thinking about mitigating losses. It's all been given to us by God. We don't need to try and prevent losses or prevent waste. Just think about what's going to build the relationships, what's going to be it's not even building the relationships because God's given that to us. But it's about enjoying those relationships. A lot of times we hesitate to enjoy because we're so caught up in preventing loss. And when that happens, we start looking down on people. It's sort of a natural process. We look down on even God. We look down on the message of the gospel. And then that leads into the next thing. He says, therefore, because there's this going on, tell you, don't worry about your life as to what you will eat and drink or about your body as to what you will wear. Is not life more than food 
the things were stockpiling. Stockpiling life is more than the stockpiles. And the body more than the stockpiles, the clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor stockpile in the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do we worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? That they don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You see the emphasis that Jesus is giving is over and over again. He's giving example, example. This is all God giving. And it's based, and the security of the gift is found in the way that God values us. He cares about us. He loves us. And that's why he's giving to us. And the security isn't in the stockpiling the stockpiles. The security is in the love that God has in giving us whatever it is that we start to stockpile. And the security isn't in stockpiling or preventing loss. The security is in God continuing to give. What he's getting at here is something that we should all see. He's just... Again, he's not saying it to judge and to say, here's this good person or here's that person. And he's not even giving a command. Because what he's saying is, why are we so stressed out all the time? Why are we so worried? And and that's not to demean. He's talking to people who had real things to worry about. There's real things to, he's not saying that there isn't anything to stress out about. He's just saying, We have a choice before us, and there's really no reason why we need to miss out on the good things that God's giving us and the joy that comes from enjoying those things because we're so stressed out. Being stressed out isn't a virtue. It's not something that's good. We oftentimes think, well, I've got to balance, you know, Yes, relationships are good, but I also need to make sure that things aren't wasted and I'm just sort of measuring this out on this other hand. And the key is is to sort of balance through. He says, no, you can't serve both those purposes. They will consume each other. You know, you have to let go of this. And he says, the good thing is, is that it sets things in a different where God, everything that God is doing is because he values us. And now it becomes, if you let go of that, it's not the stockpile. I think stockpile, what it is that is of value, which is the relationships that we have with this person, that person, the people around us. And stop just looking at them, looking down at different people. But look up to me when I say value them. And the way to see that value is to start seeing the gift of God in our life. And if you're stressed out, if you're worried, you're not going to be able to 
get out of that worry by commanding yourself, don't worry. <laughs> a command isn't going to get you out of this, is what he's saying. It's this vicious circle that we're in of minimizing loss. And so we're just constantly worried, constantly stressed out. And you can't just tell yourself, don't be stressed. It's impossible. You're enslaved to stress and worry. Once it hits, there's no way out. The only way out of this vicious circle, he says, is how he ends this. He says, but seek first his righteousness and his kingdom. See, minimizing loss when you think that God's giving all this stuff, but now it's my job to minimize the loss, my job to make sure that I'm you know, doing the right thing, my job to make sure that there's no way. That's for righteousness and my kingdom, what I'm building. He says, don't think about that. I'm taking that for, from you. I'm taking that burden off. And he says, think about me. Think about how good Jesus is. Think about, he goes through and he says, talk about, think about how good God is. And he lists all these different ways that even just like the clothes on our back, we can think about in terms of how good God is in giving it to us. We can go out into a, I mean, maybe in Oakland, there aren't that many fields, but you could find a field somewhere, you know, look at some grass or something like that. And just say, you can just see, there's plenty of ways to just think about how good God is and what God is building, the, the trust, uh, what God is doing. And then he says, and all these things will be given to you as well. So he says, it's not like if you worry, God's not going to give it to you. It's going to give it to you. He's going to take care of you. If you don't worry, he's going to take care of you. What, what we do in terms of storing up storehouses and, and trying to minimize loss and worrying and this, God's going to continue to care for us. It's not about that. It's not cause and effect in that type of way. It's that he's doing so much, but we're living our life just filled with worry, so stressed out, but we could be living our life enjoying the goodness of who God is, enjoying the relationships that, that, that God has with us, enjoying the relationships of the people around us instead of, you know, looking down on them. And then he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> He's not dismissing that there's trouble today. There's things that are going to stress us out. That he's, admit, he's saying that. But he says, look, just let's deal with those things, the things that there are today. And the way that we deal with things that there are today is he says, first, in other words, we just need to prioritize. Well, of course, we're going to worry and stress out. But he says, just start trying to prioritize, just in our minds, starting to try to seek out, to try and seek out, to, to recognize how good God is. If God isn't good, then, <laughs> then we have no choice but to be stressed. But if God values us, then there's no reason to be stressed. Start looking to see how much God values, and, and you can see how much God values by how much God gives. And is it just about giving money? No, it's not about just giving money. There's lots of things in our life that God gives us. Start thinking about today, what are the gifts that I can see around me that show me how good 
God is to me, how much God cares for me and loves me. And start asking yourself, what is God, what's the kingdom of God? How's that working out with me today? Well, what is it? God's good. God loves me. God's caring for me. God's giving me all that I have. And what is Jesus doing in my life today? How am I connecting with the kingdom of God right now at this moment? We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But right now, today, let me just grab a hold of it right now. And he's saying that when you prioritize, and what that means is prioritizing this message of the gospel. That in our minds, instead of just letting you know, the way the rest of the world goes and just stressing out and worrying and stockpiling stockpiles and trying to minimize love. Instead of just going that route, he says, recognize that God's giving us reason. He's giving us other things to look at, other ways to look at life and the world around us that doesn't include all that. He's not giving a command, don't worry or don't stress out. He's not saying that there won't be things that cause us to worry or stress out. He's just saying that we, God loves us and cares for us. And he's going to give us things to look at. That if we look at it and grab a hold of it and prioritize that, then today... That will help us have this transformation of our mind that will free us from this sort of vicious cycle of worry that everyone is caught up in, this vicious cycle of stress, this vicious cycle of sort of looking down on the things that God is doing, looking down on the things that have eternal value. And the only reason why Jesus is bringing it up to us is because he cares about us. And he wants us to enjoy the life that we have. And there's a, and we're able to walk in that joy of the gifts that God gives, regardless of where we're at. And as we read through the New Testament, you'll see people grabbing a hold of that joy in jail. You'll see people grabbing a hold of that joy as their life is being threatened. You'll see people grabbing a hold of that joy. And it's not that they just told themselves, I'm going to grab all. It's that they've grown in this different perspective of a way of looking at the world. And instead of looking at it in a way where that is all about what I'm doing, it's a way of looking at the world in terms of what is God doing? And does God love me? Does God care about me? What are the things that, that God is doing? What is God saying? And if we look at what God is doing, then it will become clear. There's no real reason to worry. If we look at what God is doing and who God is, there's no reason to stress. If we look at who God is and what God is doing, there's no reason to sort of measure things out or worry about loss or anything like that. Just focus on the good part, which is the things that will last forever, which is you me, the people around us, God, Jesus, the promise of the last forever. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for just giving us so much to look at, to see how much you love us and care for us. And just 
please forgive us for for I don't know just focusing on other things and letting other things take priority over that I pray that you would just sort of reestablish for each of us this week how much you love us, how much you care for us, and help us to live in that joy and protect us from all the worry and the stress. And and even when there's reason to have it, to be able to take hope in the gift that you're giving and take hope, Lord, in the care and the value that you have for us. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be able to live this life in the same joy that you're promising us in heaven. We ask for this. We ask for the encouragement to be able to go there. We ask that you would change our minds, transform the way we look, Lord, at the world around us. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. We're going to take communion today. And if you've got something, you can sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a symbolic thing. So, so it's not so much what it is that you eat or drink, but just if you have something, maybe grab, grab it real quickly and I'll give you a second to, to go grab it and maybe get something uh, to drink too. And we're going to be looking at something that Jesus has asked the church to, uh, to do regularly. And the reason why is because we need to, a constant reminder to look at things differently, as he's been saying here, as we saw with, with Paul last week. And the reason why we can look at things differently is because Jesus came down and he's not, he became one of us. And so he understands all the things that stress us out. He understands all the worry that we have. He understands all of that. And he came down to be with us, to not sort of be apart from us, but to live in that. And whatever it is that that might separate us from the love of God, Jesus said, I'll take that on myself and I'll pay that price. And so he wants us to remember that there's nothing that's separating us from the love of God. There's nothing that's ever going to cause God to not value us. There's nothing that's going to cause God to not continue to bless us and care for us. On the same night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup, and after he had supped, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. If you'd like to remember the, the forgiveness, the love that Jesus has for us, uh, you can take whatever it is that you have to eat, eat it now, and then take a sip of what you have. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for loving us so much that you came down to earth and became one of us. We thank you for the way that you've taken the burden off of us and just left us with the good part, the love that God has for us. We thank you for the way that you've offered us a way 
out of judgment, a way out of all of the stress that we have. Lord, we turn to you and we remember you, remember what you've done. And we pray that you'll carry this remembrance with us throughout the week, throughout this month. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.